Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 287 of the podcast. Yes, yes, Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. I'm proud we are of all of that. Uh, I've got a, there's a pretty good show lined up. We're going to sing a song. We're going to talk current events. I have a little stupid something I want to rant about for a little bit on Bunny Versus. Got a really good chap that really pisses me off. And uh, we're going to be talking about a movie, unfortunately. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bunch of fun. Going to be a bunch of fun. Going to be a bunch of fun. So uh, are you ready, Bunny? I am totally are you ready? ready. Yes. Okay, then let's do this. Bunny! Yes. I have something very exciting to announce. Leading off the podcast with an exciting announcement that I'm very excited about. This, the 287th episode of the Pope on Film podcast, this episode that you are watching on Facebook or listening to on SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or yada, 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 this episode will be the last episode of this podcast to be recorded with Donald Trump in the White House. Yes. Isn't that exciting? Yes, this, it That's is. an exciting thing. It's something to celebrate. Isn't it amazing? Donald J. Trump. You know what the J stands for? Genius. Oh, genius. Genius. Yes. That's what it stands for. Donald Genius Trump. Yes, our 45th president. And fun fact, uh, Donald Trump is now officially the only American president to, to be impeached more times than Pulp Fiction won Oscars. Yes. Uh-huh. Because uh, Trump has been uh, impeached twice and Pulp Fiction only won one Oscar. So we, we've been doing this podcast, this film podcast slash hours long therapy session since the end of 2014. Yes. Absolutely fascinating, I think. And he Donald has Trump- been impeached more than he has formed coherent sentences. Donald Trump has been impeached faster and higher than my mom can make the biggest sandwiches in the world. Yes. Quote from the Rhapsody Street Kids believe in Santa. (laughs) Christmas. I, I, I still have that. Yeah, we've been we've been doing the podcast since 2014 and Donald Trump has been president for a very good chunk of time in in the the life of our podcast. And so I thought we should just take some time here at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the podcast for a sort of in memoriam to the Trump administration and the Trump presidency. So many things have happened. Remember when he walked onto Air Force 1 with toilet paper on his shoe? What a brilliant tactician. Oh, so smart. 
He's a genius tactician. Or what about the time when he lost the election and tried to overthrow the government and five people died? Ooh, he's playing 5D chess. Yes. And I saw a post somewhere where, where some QAnon person said that Donald Trump uh, has defeated the deep state. The deep state has been defeated. And now some of the Q people are saying that Joe Biden was going to go to prison and be executed. But what he's doing now uh, is uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are undergoing. And this was a serious post. This wasn't like a joke post. This was a serious post that some QAnon people believe that Trump and Biden are, are undergoing a serious procedure where now Joe Biden will have Donald Trump's face. And Donald Trump will have Joe Biden's face. They're doing a face-off. Okay. Okay. So some people literally believe that now when you see Joe Biden out there, that it's really Trump in disguise. Yeah, so... Well, so I have to say I think I approve of that idea, and we just do yes. that forever. Yeah, the QAnon you know, people. They're, they're, they're coming Whenever the whoever's voted in in 2024, well, it's just Trump again with a different face. You know, maybe that'll keep yeah. them just shut the fuck up. Yeah, they're they're handling things great. They're yes. doing wonderful over here. So I would just now like to take some time to say farewell, President Trump. Our podcast, The Pope on Film, will miss you so much. Because if there's one thing that true fans, true hardcore fans of The Pope on Film yes. know, it's that we here love Donald Trump. Yes, we do. Especially now. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Please, no crying. Save your tears. Save your tears. I'm not done yet. Don't let your life pass you by. I don't know the rest of the words of this song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Way to not clap, Bunny. Huh? That was it was a weak clap, but I'm holding the microphone. Oh, okay. You're holding a microphone. All right. The, in that case, it can be forgiven. So, anyway, it, it uh, was it was a legitimate clap. It was just in braille. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're being very, uh, being very, uh, you know, you're you're paying attention to everybody. I appreciate that. Anyway, cut on that bit. Bunny! Yes. Uh, you know your theoretical science, right? Uh, some, sure. Yeah. Okay, okay so let, let, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. Let's get deep. Is it, is it theoretically possible for time itself to occur more rapidly around us while we humans remain unaware of the change in time? Well, there are two different aspects to time, okay? There is how time works in the physical world and how we perceive time. That's two separate things. 
So studies have shown that time seems to go a lot quicker as you age. Okay. Well, I asked Like, it seems because... to always be Christmas. It's always Christmas. Like, didn't we just finish with Christmas? It's Christmas again. Yeah. Whereas okay. when, you're, when you're young, ask... man, the, the fucking summer takes forever. Yeah. Well, you know, there's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you get that reference, but that's fine. Uh, I ask, I ask about about time because it, I feel like time has been very uh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey ever since the pandemic oh, happened. Yeah. And all I know is that here we are in 2021, and things seem to be but happening. It's not just the pandemic; we're blaming everything on the pandemic. But it, it fuck it, since Trump's come down the escalator, time has been weird. Because things okay. have been coming at us nonstop. Nonstop. Forever. Yeah. Things are coming pretty fast right now. You know? Yeah. Things need to be happening faster. Case in point, I have here a small list of things that have happened in 2021 so far. And to be clear, it's only January 17th. We're only 17 days into the year, okay? Yes. We're only 17 days into the new year. So, so oh, what could have already happened in, 22, in, in just 17 days? Well, I've got a list here of the things that have happened in just the, you know, the first two, two and a half weeks of 2021. Uh Ratatouille the musical streamed on TikTok. <laughs> a podcaster now known as Bean Dad got us all talking about our childhood abuse. Do you hear yeah. about? Yeah. Do you hear yeah, about I Bean a little, Dad? I caught a little about Bean Dad. Yeah. Okay, well, he, he, he's a podcaster. His name is John Roderick, and he made this Twitter thread about how his daughter was hungry, and, and oh, I'm going to give her a teaching moment. Here's a can of beans. Learn how to open it yourself. And she went six hours trying to open this can of beans, and it's like, oh, hey, I'm, this is a teaching moment. I'm teaching her about life. Also, you're letting your daughter go hungry, you fuck. But anyway, um, <laughs> Trump was caught on tape pressuring the governor of Georgia to find votes, and no one did anything about it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Kim and Kanye are getting a divorce because Kanye West is sleeping with an annoying racist male YouTuber? Really? Yeah. Uh, angry whites attempted to overthrow the government and kill Democratic politicians and republican politicians yeah. and the vice president and and then they just tried to go back on the plane and go back home to their jobs yes their neighborhoods and their families and we've been watching i watched goodfellas for the first time in like 10 years because someone made a compilation of all the different uh uh terrorists being arrested you know, at airports and at their yeah. jobs and stuff and put it to the piano music at the end of Layla. And yeah. I'm like, damn, I got to fucking find Goodfellas. Now I got to watch Goodfellas again. Yeah. Because 
beautiful montage. It could have been. It could have been worse. They could have used the music from The Turning. <laughs> it, it, apparently, apparently, according then you'd to you'd have to watch The Turning again. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, the soundtrack to the movie The Turning is filled with '90s music, like alternative music from '90s musicians and a lot of female bands. And apparently, the soundtrack is a million times better than the actual movie. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The Turning was directed by a former uh, music video director. You could have never noticed that. Seeing <laughs> it was set in the 90s and it's really pretty, but has nothing of value inside of it. What a yeah. surprise. I, I, uh, I will hold my tongue on the rest because I'm ready to yeah, go. Yeah. Go ahead. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter banned the president. So then he went to right wing, the right wing Facebook known as Parler, and now Parler is shut down for good. How bad do you have to be to get uh, banned from Pinterest? <laughs> how how horrible do you have to be? That's like saying, "Oh, I, I can't go back to Goodwill." Someone wants me dead there. Like, what did you do? Yeah. How bad are you? That and, that and, and just the just the very idea of Pinterest taking a political stance. Yeah. Yeah. It's Pinterest. Axe body spray had to denounce a yes. terrorist attack. Again, it, there's only been 17 days in the year. Yes. And I'm not and I'm about halfway done with my list. I still have a lot more of the things that have so far happened in 2021. Actor Arnie Hammer is apparently a cannibal now. He's a cannibal? Something I, I saw a blurb about him, but I don't even know who this fucking guy is. He was the last the Lone Ranger. Yes, and, and that movie was horrible, and I still don't know who he is. He was also That's the Winklevoss twins. He was also the Winklevoss twins. No. In the Facebook movie where uh where uh, uh Zombieland was Mark Zuckerberg. I have and, not seen that. No. Uh, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Uh so uh, so someone leaked these uh screenshots of Arnie Hammer hitting on this woman and being really creepy. Like, I want to eat you. I want to eat you up. I want to remove your fingers and eat your flesh. Uh, I'm a super fucking cannibal. Yeah. And then people were like, this has to be fake. He was the, he was the, no, uh, Arnie Hammer was the Winklevoss twins in the Facebook movie. He was also the Lone Ranger in that movie where Johnny Depp was uh, Tonto. Oh, so as as I haven't seen. Yeah, the the Social Network was a good movie. It, it was up for a bunch of Oscars. I, I it. it was good. Uh, I had to see it because of uh, Tired Aaron from Game Grubs. So 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 then it was learned that like oh it is true and he really does have this like weird kinky fetish of wanting to eat people and be a cannibal and suddenly Arnie Hammer became a meme and everyone's making jokes about Arnie Hammer the cannibal but then someone interviewed his like ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend is like oh yeah he he gets off on on pretending to be a cannibal and all of that but please don't don't um uh, 
lose focus of the fact that he's also a drug abuser and an abuser. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is both how... uh, mental and physical. This is how he's abusive. He's violent. Yeah. I think you locked up. Yeah, but it's off on All right. pretend to be a cannibal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like more of a focus. Anyway, so Arnie Hammer is well, okay, okay. Except except that, you know, to cut him a little bit of a break, I've I've always wanted to eat somebody. Yeah, I tell my kids off at work all the time. Do you want me to eat you you can. Somebody. You're gonna try to eat somebody. But you know what doesn't? Yeah, you know people. Yeah. Like yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so case, and the crazy thing is that in, in 2014 to the. I want to find out if it's beef, if it's pork or chicken. I, I want to know. Yeah, yeah that's understandable. Yeah, I'm fetishizing my meal, you know. Yeah. What? The crazy thing is, yeah, is no, that I'm not, in any, I'm not fetishizing. Yeah, I'm not fetishizing anything. I just want. I I, I want to know what humans no, taste like. Yeah, you're not fetishizing it. Arnie Hammer is fetishizing yeah. it. Yeah. But but the crazy thing is. The crazy thing is, is that any other, any other year, like if if that happened in 2015 or 2016 or 2017, then this would be the main story for like a week, but yeah. it's afternoon, huh. and then the world moved for a million more things to focus on. Bunny, uh-huh. are you there? You're you're breaking up. Okay, I thought I freezing up a lot. You huh? Okay. Uh, I'm closing all other. I'm closing all other windows. So hopefully that will fix something. If it doesn't fix something, then I'll uh, I'll jump on a I'll jump on a hot spot during the act breaks. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so uh, a 22-year-old white woman assaulted a 14-year-old black kid because she thought that the black kids... Eventually, she found the phone in an Uber, and and, uh, she was interviewed on TV by Gail King. Gail King interviewed her only two hours before... uh, she was a role. She claimed innocence in the, in the interview, but why the hell did she wear a hat that said daddy? Yes. You have a that says daddy. You don't wear it in the interview where you're being interviewed by Gail King about assaulting a 14 year old. Like, what the hell? Why not, man? Why not? I wear a hat. Is this a daddy? That's creepy. Why is that creepy? 
<laughs> Why are you shooting me down? Why are you I'm shooting not, me I'm down? I'm thinking in terms of um, 30 Rock. Like, why not? He, he changed his hat every time. And like, every, you know what? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> the NFL is desperate for a ratings boost during this pandemic. So last weekend, they aired a game on CBS and Nickelodeon. There was an NFL game on Nickelodeon, and they really? added like SpongeBob to it, and they oh added God. like uh, they added like slime and stuff to it, and it was the biggest ratings that Nickelodeon has had for years. So get ready for I don't know uh, Ultimate Fighting Rugrats next Possibly, year. Yes, that would and, uh, I might tune into that. Yeah. You Playing, know, but yeah. football, if they want ratings, look, NFL, NFL, okay, <clears throat> listen to me a second. You want ratings. You change the game rules slightly where you have to get the ball through the goal within a set amount of time or the ball explodes. I'm down with that. That sounds that that sounds like something you would see a commercial for during Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man. Cause that was always one of the things I had a problem with sports about. It's like, okay, they've got to get the ball there. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> yeah. Why is why is the ball not okay where it is now? Yeah. So get if ready it for explodes and there's a bomb squad on the other side of those posts, <clears throat> and you give them the ball. It'll it, it, now there's a reason for getting the ball there. Yeah. And there's also a lot more sense of urgency. Yeah. So get ready for a bunch more sports on Nickelodeon, I guess, and and that's yeah. weird. Nickelodeon, you're home for sports. Yeah. Well. Uh, MTV, we've seen this happen before. Mm hmm Yeah. So the NRA filed for bankruptcy as a way of getting away from being investigated by the state of New York. That yeah. happened that happened a couple of days ago. So NRA is no, an that again? The NRA is an organization and it's 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 in New York City and they're being investigated. So the NRA said, oh, we're going out. We're declaring Chapter 11 bankruptcy, yeah. which shields us from all lawsuits, especially from the state of New York. I guess we have to go out of business, but we're going to start an, another a new business in Texas. And so they're trying to use chapter. The, the NRA has gone bankrupt, but they're only using that as a shield from investigations and want to restart in Texas, which isn't something that you can do. Yeah, that's that not how laws work. That, yeah, that yeah, that doesn't stop you from being investigated for things. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you that committed happens. a crime, you 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 could you're still in trouble. It's just yeah. to get the credit card companies and shit off your back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Trump is has stopped paying Rudy Giuliani's legal fees. 
That was pretty awesome, I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then Trump said that he wants $2 billion to build the Donald Trump presidential library. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he wants $2 billion to build the library. And I swear to God, he's going to build the You can't read. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the only library that's filled with uh, Captain Underpants books and nothing else. I kind of want that to happen, though. I really kind of want that to happen, though, because then it would be a flat-out American legacy where, where you know, it would be like, and this is the most expensive presidential library in American history. This is Donald Trump's library. The only president that we know who couldn't read. Yeah. It'll be the only presidential library that's full of nothing but Dick and Jane and Penthouse magazine. Rolled up Penthouse magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and and now, uh, uh, there's Pardon Gate. Is pardon what they're gate? Call, that's what they're calling it on Twitter. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump and his allies have been selling pardons. Oh, that's and been that, going on for a while. No, that's hey, been, you want yeah. to get pardoned? Great, give us two million dollars. And uh, again, no one's going to do anything about it no. because Trump is just. People don't give a shit that he does crimes. A black president wore a tan suit, and it was the biggest story for a month. Yes, but Donald Trump is selling pardons, and that's just oh, that's just an that's just that's just a Tuesday. Uh-huh. So that's the list. That's a super long, crazy lift. We're only halfway through the first month of the year. So that massive list of things that happened only represents one twenty-fourth of what will end up being 2021. So I think the only possible answer to all of this madness is that somehow time is accelerated around us. Yes. That time is moving faster, but we're not. And that's yes. a good it started once Trump went down the escalator. Yes, that's it ridiculous. Did. It's it started yeah. there. That's when everything got weird and stayed fucking weird. Just yeah. the shit in the campaign he said alone, it, it was flabbergasting. Yeah. And it, it's it just got worse. Yeah. You know that now there's now there's uh, one of the blurbs like can we trust Donald Trump as a private citizen with America's secrets? We couldn't trust him as a no, president. because his first week in office, he was giving Israeli secrets to the fucking Russians. Yeah. I cannot wait to get to Shap. I cannot wait to get to Shap. Today's Shap is about sports, and it's very upsetting to me. And, 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 and oh, I'm going to get so angry. I'm going to be screaming. Okay the chap because i'm just so upset with today's chap and i'm so upset with so many people about today's chap but we'll get there we'll get there later be sure and tune in to this week's chap anyway that's all the things that have so far happened in just two weeks in just two weeks it's insanity yeah <sighs> so buckle up because we're gonna have an insane freaking year 
absolutely insane. Yeah. Absolutely 100% insane. Anywho, uh, that's the end of that. Cut on that segment. Buddy! Yes. We still have a full show to go. We still have Bunny Versus. We still have Steve's Historic Approximations. We still have a movie that we unfortunately have to talk about. But before we get to any of that, oh, of course, we have to. We have to talk about the Battle of Ascalum in okay. 279 BC. That's an important part of today's podcast. Okay. So if you tuned in specifically to hear about the Battle of Ascalum from 279 BC, don't worry, that's coming up in the second act of the show. Okay. 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 But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Poop on Film after this. And break. Break. Oh, that means I have to do things. Yeah. Color TV, CB, call 645-1196 for the most ridiculous prices ever during Crazy Eddie's Christmas sale. In August? Huh, look at this. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm, not... Not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and, uh... Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. I 
The Death of Richie, the special edition. Let me 
The Death of Richie is a 1977 made-for-TV movie. And now, with the Death of Richie Special Edition, now out on Blu-ray and DVD, you can watch the Death of Richie as it was originally meant to be. Gone are all of the old and outdated scenes of a young man struggling with a drug addiction, and in its place is the scene at the end of La Bamba where actor Isai Morales calls out for his brother. It's the Death of Richie Special La Bamba Edition. Gone are Robbie Benson, and in its place, one hour and 35 minutes of Isai Morales yelling for Richie. That's all it is, just Isai Morales yelling for Richie. Richie. Do you like seeing Mexicans yell for their dead brother? Of course you do. And now with the death of Richie, the special edition, you can watch one hour and 35 minutes of Isai Morales yelling for his brother. <laughs> That's right, Isai Morales. Richie! It's the death of Richie, the special edition. Richie! these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs people are horrible the headline is USA and Mexico uh, all right positive attitude towards this I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican and the relative brought up Trump at the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go, baby, build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual in the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. Like, man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. Like, I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm gonna get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. Be like Walter and come back next week or I'll kick your ass.
And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus starring the incomparable Bunny Williams at the piano? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready to do it? To do it to it? Are you ready to bring it on down? Bring it around town. Kinda. Yeah. Well then, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here he is, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Ah. So we have another insurrection to look forward to. Three more days. I'm kind of excited. Ha- have you gotten your insurrection snacks? I have. I have, yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, we're recording this on a Sunday, and according to a lot of right-wingers, today is the day that Trump will impose martial law, shut down the Internet, uh, call in the army to finally arrest all of the evil Democrat, socialist, uh, satanic pedophiles. So I hope everybody has their 10 days of supplies. Yes. Yeah, because that's a thing that people believe. Yes. It's insane. So yeah. how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, the kids are back in school and that's, uh, school has started again. They're not in school, in school. I am teaching them. And, uh, so that's always, you know, it's difficult. It's challenging. It's, it's a challenge alone. Just trying to get Bella out of bed. Yeah. alone. You know, teaching a preschooler, a third grader, and a sophomore in high school all in the living room is quite a challenge. But uh, thankfully, my kids don't suck. Yeah. If my kids, if my kids were real douchebags, then this might be difficult. But thankfully, my kids are all right. So I'm happy about that. There was something I wanted to talk about, Bunny. Okay. On Bunny Versus. It's just something that struck me today while I was thinking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I feel that they have a problem. And yes. they, they have a big green problem. The, they have a problem with the Hulk. The Hulk is a complicated character, and I I like the Hulk that exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do, but the problem is, is that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he is always a good guy. And that that is not the Hulk. No. 
they have the Hulk being the good guy who comes in and defeats the monsters and saves the day and and oh now he's a scientist and he has quips and he's so funny and it's like yeah but part of the Hulk is also the Hulk going out of control and destroying a massive building and people dying because he's a villain sometimes yeah and I feel that that Marvel just doesn't want to do that. I don't know to sell lunch boxes or something. <laughs> but in the comic books, the Hulk is a good guy and the Hulk is a bad guy. Bruce Banner loses control and the Hulk kills people. And I feel that in the co- in in the movies, well, wasn't that, there wasn't there like World War Hulk? Yeah. Where yeah. he tried to destroy the planet? I mean, it doesn't get more super villain than that. Yeah. So, it, but in, in the comic books, oh, he's just a, he's just another one of the heroes. And I feel that that is a real missed opportunity, you know? Yeah. I, 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 anyway, I'm just upset with that. I just wanted to bring that up. I, I feel that they're not fully showing us the entirety of who the Hulk is. The Hulk is a very complicated character. He's not all he's not all black and white. He's a very good sh- shades of gray sort of character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, well, I just we'll, to bring we'll that up. see as they do different shows and different things for whatever fucking phase we're in. You know? Yeah. I really well, like. Uh, I mean, they're talking about the She-Hulk show and yeah. other other Hulk adjacent characters. I really like. I really like uh, WandaVision. There's only two episodes right now, but I really like it. Yeah, I'm oh, gonna wow. wait for it to finish. I'm gonna wait till like March. Yeah, it's upsetting to watch the first two episodes and then to have nothing. Yeah. This must be how uh, people feel with the goddamn Mandalorian all the time. Yeah. Right before we started the podcast, I found a picture of uh, who's the funny one from the monkeys? Is that Peter Tork or is that. I would say Mickey was the funny one. Mickey. They okay, that's all funny, I thought. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the funny, funny one. Okay, so that's Mickey. Uh, uh, I found a picture online of Mickey hanging out with uh, Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they would hang out. They there was kind of a certain amount of respect, and I think it's mostly because the monkeys knew who they were. Yeah. They were very aware of who they were. Yeah. So so I tweeted a picture that I was uh, really proud of. Uh, I, I, I tweeted that picture and I wrote, Two legends. One of these men is an incredibly gifted musician whose unparalleled career has spanned centuries. And the other one was in Wings. <laughs> And I'm I'm just really proud of that. Yes, I like that. I like yeah. that. I just find that weird. Like 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 I sometimes wonder what it would be like to be like Paul McCartney or or somebody like you know somebody like that, where where for your whole life 
you are known, remembered, liked, and respected for some shit you did in your 20s. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. You know, I mean, he has spent way much more of his life not being a Beatle. Yeah, I was watching... I was watching uh, an old episode of Saturday Night Live, and uh, what's his name? He plays Trump now, uh, Baldwin. Yeah. The so sing, I believe. And I think Paul McCartney was the musical guest. And they did some skit where Paul McCartney was his butler. And I really yeah. liked that skit because... Because, you know, I'd like to see a skit where... You know, like Will Smith is working at a Denny's. Yeah. Uh, Kim Kardashian is bagging groceries. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of Paul McCartney as a butler because he's yeah. one of those celebrities that's just like that gets a lifetime pass. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Like just a one. Like, he would be interesting to meet, but, like, there is not a question in the world you can ask Paul McCartney that he hasn't been hearing for, like, the last motherfucking 50 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's no way to, to ask him anything that other people haven't asked him. Even if you get a good curveball on him, like, what was with that fucking movie with the car with the eight ball on the stick? What? What? But anyway, even that, he must have... Oh, he's heard about that for 25 years. (laughs) Oh, wow, it's the Paul McCartney. What can you tell us about Give My Regards to Broad Street? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. So how are you, Bonnie? Uh, still got the sinus infection. Last night was really nasty. Today seems pretty manageable. Good. That's, that's about it to report there. Other than that, I've been, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's understandable. It's ridiculous how many people are just, are just, uh, we need to arrest Hillary Clinton. We need to arrest Barack Obama. We need to put them in jail. We need to hang them. We need to we need to get rid of them. Oh hey. We need to give Trump a pass here. Sure, his rhetoric led people to storm the Capitol and people died, but what about unity? Oh yeah. What about bringing the nation together in peace? Like, oh, fuck you. Watching this motherfucker hang would bring a lot of this nation together. You've spent almost a decade talking about Benghazi so much that, like, I'm I'm sick to my stomach. But, oh, the, the, the terrorist attack that happened a few days ago? Oh, that's old news. We need to move past that. It's ridiculous. So upsetting. It's so upsetting. Everything is upsetting right now. Yeah. Was that actually Maxwell just behind you? No, that was Jaden. Oh, it was Jaden? Okay. 
Yeah, I wasn't Jason. sure if, or if it was one of your mock backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Jaden. Maxwell's walking around without a shirt, so he's not appearing on the show. Okay. Because the internet is creepy. Because he's too sexy for the show, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 100%. I got a new shirt. That's why I have this. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the the world is nuts. I can't believe yep. they tried to blame Antifa. It, it, I I can't imagine the gall of people to storm the nation's capital and and kill people. But to also be live streaming it. Yeah. What type of insurrectionists are you? Mm-hmm. Again, like I've said, man, we're we're getting so lucky that these fucking people are stupid. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like 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 you know, I I, I I was telling everybody that Trump wouldn't leave office and if he wasn't so fucking stupid he wouldn't be, yeah. you know, but yeah. God damn it. He tried everything in his fucking power and we don't really know if it's over yet. Which <laughs> is kind of sad, but we've been yeah. getting by and we have been surviving and we have been getting elections held, you know, sans post office and everything else he tried to do. Donald Trump projects. I will be talking about this a little bit later in chat, but Donald Trump projects his own uh, secret uh, inner machinations in his attacks on other people. So in his mind, he is 100% convinced that Joe Biden cheated to win the election because of how much he tried to cheat. Yes. And he's like, Joe Biden cheated. He must have, because I cheated like crazy. I uh, rigged the post office. I gerrymandered districts. I made voting harder. I uh, threatened violence. I did all of these things, and yet I still lost. So the only way that Joe Biden could have won is if he cheated like I cheated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so like, if you want to know what's going on in Trump's mind, just pay attention to how he attacks people. For how many different ways and different things he's tried to sabotage and the different weird messaging that he's been putting out all leading up to the election. <sighs> I keep losing my train of thought right there. Yeah. Okay. You know, no, no, no. Like with everything that he's tried and he failed at because he's stupid I, I can't, but if somebody was smart, I think they would have gotten away with it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. We are lucky that Trump and his uh, cabal of idiots are idiots. I mean, they have the backing of the whole fucking Republican Party. We've seen this. Yeah. Over and We're- over again. 
we're really we're really lucky as a nation that all of Trump's people are idiots that that Ben Carson is like, I have been put in charge of the Department of Housing and Urban Urban Development with one goal in mind to kick out poor people from their homes and to spread homelessness throughout America. Now, where did I put my luggage? (laughs) Seem to have lost it. Uh, I think I left it back in the airport. Hold on. So so we're really lucky that Trump uh, is backed by a bunch of incompetent people because if they were smart, then we'd be fucking screwed. Yeah, exactly. We keep getting we keep getting lucky breaks right now, just due to their stupidity. Yeah. Uh. Oh, Bunny, we're here on a Bunny versus, so this is a really good time to uh, check my Facebook. So I'm going to Facebook, and there you go. I am friends with Kim Robinson, author of wonderful, incredible book that I love so much and have talked about so much on the podcast. Heaven is real and fun. You don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes, Bunny. So sick of you thinking that that's what heaven is, but it's not. You don't go around eating grapes and wearing diapers. So we are still friends. It's been a week now. Yeah. And uh, so definitely my new Facebook friend has definitely not taken a deep look into my Facebook page. Yes. Because if author Kim Robinson did, she definitely would not still be my friend. She posted this on January 5th, the day before the insurrection. What makes for a good suspenseful movie or book? Isn't it when the good guy looks like he dies, but then suddenly he comes riding over the mountaintop or climbing over the edge? The good guy always wins. So get some popcorn and enjoy the show. She posted that the day before the violent, deadly insurrection that killed five people, one of them a police officer. So uh, she definitely is is not paying attention to my Facebook page or the things that I post. She definitely is not a fan yet of the podcast. No. No, but we'll, we'll win her over, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 10,000%. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah. So, so I had a, I had a deal with a with a Trumper this week, and another one I just kind of fucking ignored. But they both pissed me off because this dude was promoting his podcast in one of the podcasting groups, and like the podcast was something about civility in political discourse while he is posting that yes it was antifa antifa was was part of the group and they're the ones that that was causing the trouble of course i was like you motherfucker i mean you you you've seen me post things like this before civil is not a thing you know so he's all like well thank you for proving my point and i was like yes 
when you lie and support insurrectionists, people get angry with you. Why is yeah. that a surprise? Yeah. This is not some great sociological discovery you fucking made. Yeah. Maybe this is why you believe the shit you believe. Word. You know? And he's like, oh, well, no, they were there. It said so in the Washington Post. Uh, and it was like, okay, let's see it. Yeah, uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, 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 I was banned from commenting on people's posts on Facebook for like 24 hours because I was going around and I was going around. Yeah. I was going around to different people on on Facebook and they were saying, oh, the Washington Post says that Antifa was responsible for the insurrection. And here's the thing. The Washington Post said shit. Yes. The Washington Times. He came up with it and it was the Washington Times and I clicked on it. And the very first thing on the top, correction. We reported that there were Antifa. This was not true. But the Washington Times is a far right-wing online uh, website that specifically chose a name that's similar to the Washington Post to trick people online into clicking shit and sharing posts. So then freaking uh, right-wing boomers go, oh, Antifa was behind the riots. I saw it in the Post. No, you didn't. You saw it in the Times. And the fact that you don't know the difference between the Washington Post and the Washington Times is why the goddamn Washington Times exists. Yes some clickbait bullshit and i was posting to everyone i could on facebook until facebook said okay we're stopping you from posting for 24 hours i was put in a facebook jail for correcting right wingers on facebook oh yeah 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 just like just like again you know we got our stream shut down because of a trump video yeah because yeah. we have not been shut down on anything else. I love you. In the last break, Hey Mickey was playing. So, you know, so, gee, yeah, so you know, I don't know it for a fact, but I'm pretty fucking sure that you shut down our stream because it was an anti-Trump video. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, so that was. So that. I, I found the post. Yeah, I found the post. Uh, Kim Robinson posted this on November fourth, twenty twenty. During prayer tonight, the father said, "Keep celebrating the win. The enemy is just exposing his hand, and he is not playing with a full deck." The father showed me a poker player holding a deck of cards fanned out in his hand. Then I heard people in heaven laugh because in heaven they are not worried and the father is funny. (laughs) Then the father said, trust in my plan. I have a plan and I'm working on my plan. Then I saw and heard people in heaven dancing, laughing, cheering, and celebrating what the father is doing. The father loves you. Love this state. Love the USA and the world. He has a plan and he always wins. His plan trumps, all in caps, his plan trumps the enemy's plan. 
Uh, yeah. So, and then she put as a comment under that post, Trump just tweeted, any vote that will come in after the election day will not be counted. Great! Heart emoji, heart emoji. So, yeah. Kim Robinson is a Trump supporter, and also she is best friends with Jesus. I think they're an item. I think they're an item. Yeah. They, they they seem like an item. They seem very, very close. Yeah. She danced with Jesus the way you couldn't dance to dance with a cheerleader in a Catholic school. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. The other one, the other dude was just like, what? Was bitching, about, was bitching about cancel culture. Yeah. yeah, my internet. You know, bitching about cancel culture and how you really have to talk to conservatives and things like that. And I, I didn't say anything because I just wasn't in the mood. But what I was thinking in my head is like, fuck it. First off, bitch, you people invented cancel culture. Just ask Jane goddamn Fonda. All right. This is not something new yeah. that's happened. Yeah. And why do I have to tolerate your shit when I've heard your shit? Yeah. I've already heard your shit. Why do I need to listen to it again? You know, please. Yeah. Take the stage, you entitled little cunt, and tell me why it's okay to pe- kill people of color. Tell me that. Tell me that why it's okay to deny yeah. LGBT yeah. people services up to including medical fucking services. Tell me that. Tell me why you have a right to a woman's body. Tell me that. Tell me why it's okay to have kids in cages being abused. Tell me that. I've heard it all before. You're inhuman fucking monsters. That's why I don't want to talk to you anymore. Agreed. Uh, okay. Hey, Bunny. Yes. Are you there, Bunny? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, all right. In between Bunny versus, in between Bunny versus and Shap, I'm gonna try and uh, to a hotspot and see if the connection is better, and also see if I still stay in the Zoom. See if you still what? Yeah, because my end being. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, it's being flaky. Yeah, I'm gonna jump on a hot spot because this is getting choppy. Can you hear me, buddy? I can hear you, but you're choppy. You're freezing up a lot. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to wrap up Bunny verses, and I can jump on a hot spot and see if that'll fix everything? Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead. So until next week, uh, 
Nah, it's not, save that to the end. So you want to wrap it? Uh, there you go. It's a uh, <laughs> self-adhesive tape. Yes, please. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, I'll be... Cut on that. And cut on that. I'll be right back, Bunny. Alrighty. Okay. Just uh, bring me back in. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. As the godlight begins to shine. Hey, no. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bunny! Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't in this day and age? But oh, but uh, only real fans, true hardcore fans that have been with us from the beginning, that have listened to all 835,000 hours of this podcast. Only the real fans would know two facts about us, two undeniably real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the two of us, America's hottest couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact, the undeniable and not at all made up on the spot fact, that in your spare time, Bunny, you are one of those heroes, one of those unsung heroes that goes to children's hospitals and entertains sick children dressed yes. as different costumed characters. So tell us, Bunny, what characters do you dress up as in, in the children's hospitals? I, I forget the actual character's name, the Crimson Avenger or something like that, from the B Bloody Pit of Horrors. Yes. That's yes, yes, a yes. big one for the kids. Mickey you know, Hartay. Yeah. They, 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 yes. they like to see the sweat. Uh, they like the smell of the Axe Body Spray. Because even back then, you know, you smelled like Axe Body Spray. Oh, yeah. All the oh, fucking yeah. time. Yeah. In fact, that may be what Axe Body Spray is, just Mickey Hargaday on tap. The Axe Body Spray of Horror. But that's a that's a big character. That's a popular character. Um and and I'll 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 usually read uh maybe some Dickens. It seems like sick kids really like great expectations. Oh yeah, uh, who doesn't? You know who doesn't? Yeah, you know, and they're, and there's six, so it's kind of mean to read Nicholas Nickleby. You know, I mean, it's just yeah, cool, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, um, and then I tell them that they're going to hell, of course, because uh, again, it goes with the Crimson Avenger outfit. 
you know, yeah. you got to do some psychological torture there because uh, they're bad. And after after um, they feel a lot better once I leave. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I like to go to ch- children's hospitals and cheer up the terminally ill children. They love my costume, uh, messed out grimace. Messed out Grimace. Yeah, I'm Grimace from McDonald's, but he hasn't been in a lot of McDonald's commercials lately, and also his reputation is tarnished because of those commercials he did with Donald Trump. So now he's on the meth, and he's really skinny and frail, and he keeps asking to suck your dick for $20. Yes. So kids really get a kick out of seeing messed out Grimace. Oh, something... Something that should have been in a previous bit, though. Did you hear Macaulay Calkin says it's okay with him if Trump is edited out of Home Alone 2? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, How long do you think Macaulay Culkin was frozen oh, in thanks. shock because the phone rang? <laughs> right? No, I don't listen. 100%. He was he was absolutely shocked. Someone wants to talk to me? Yeah. Is that the phone? <laughs> it's been so long. It, like the old lady from Titanic. It's been 87 years. <laughs> uh... uh and the second thing that you would, I forgot which bit we were in. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do in this segment is get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling voice. And that's where we are right now. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Up. Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. I think it's nice. Anywho, <laughs> this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the non-XFL, non-arena football, football alternative that was single-handedly destroyed by, of all people, the 45th president of the United States. Okay. This story really upsets me, and I'm gonna try. I I am I I am gonna try not to scream, but I will probably scream. I, I, I'm very I'm very upset. I'm very upset by this story, but we're gonna try and power through. Okay. The subject of this chap is the USFL, the United States Football League, which existed for three seasons from 1983 to 1985. So longer than the joke, which was the XFL. The United States Football League was the brainchild of businessman David Dixon who is a big hero in the world of uh, uh, Louisiana because he was a, he was a, he was a a businessman and an architect and a, a smart, rich guy in Louisiana. 
and he he basically gave birth to new, to the New Orleans Saints. Okay. David Dixon was a businessman, and he was like, "Hey, uh, the New Orleans should have a football team." So he started an organization in 1982 called the New Orleans Football Club, and it was a group of powerful businessmen and rich people and CEOs in the New Orleans area that had one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to to get an NFL team in Louisiana. So David Dixon helped give birth to the New Orleans Saints. He also helped build the Louisiana Superdome. So David Dixon, rich business guy. In the 60s, he started going to tennis matches and he's like, hey, tennis, this could be the next big sport. I'm going to go to a tennis match. And so he goes to a professional tennis match and he's like, this is shit. Look at this. The the court is all beaten up and the stands are all beaten up. This looks really unprofessional. Someone needs to make tennis more professional because if tennis is more professional, then maybe tennis could be seen as like an actual sport, you know? So in the 60s, David Dixon started a professional tennis league called World Champion Tennis. That was pretty darn successful. The WCT lasted from 1968 all the way to the 90s. So so the guy had an eye for finding uh, sports, alternative sports. He, he, he was known as a sports guy. So uh, in the 80s, David Dixon is like, look, there's no NFL in the summer. There's no college football in the summer. There's just no football at all in the summer period. So starting a summer football league will definitely be a big success. Okay. So so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and start a football, but for the summer during the off season. So he gave birth to the USFL, the United States Football League, teams included the Washington Federals, the Chicago Blitz, the Boston Breakers, the Arizona Federales, the Denver Gold, and the Philadelphia Stars, among others. And fun fact, out of those six team names, I only made up one of them. (laughs) Which one did I make up? Oh, I'm not telling. But one of those names was fake. Only one. All of them sound fake. But only one of them was fake. Have fun trying to figure that out. Or not. It's fine. So the USFL's plan was, hey, there's no football on TV, so we can get, we need to get a big time national TV contract and we're going to play in big NFL state size stadiums and we're going to sign big names and we're going to be a big success and we can make a lot of money as long as we don't go head to head with the NFL everything should be fine and at first things were rocky they did end up signing a a handful of former Heisman Trophy winners but uh, one problem early on was that there was no salary cap and so spending went through the roof as the 12 different 
USFL teams started fighting each other for players. Eventually, those 12 teams would become 18 teams. But in the beginning, there was just 12 teams. Also, the very rich and very powerful NFL did not like this upstart wannabe NFL showing up. Even if they weren't competing, the NFL was upset. So the NFL went and blocked a number of teams from using their beloved stadiums, which was another problem. And here's a problem that 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 I that I can feel in my bones, okay? You want to start a, a sports team in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona? That's fine. You want to start you a, a professional sports team in the city of Phoenix? Fine. But you know what you don't do? You don't play sports Sports in the summer and have uh, steel uh, bleachers. You don't have metal bleachers in Phoenix in the summer. It's 118 degrees and your audience is going to melt. That is ridiculous. (laughs) So there were some rocky. It definitely, it, 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 it was rocky in the beginning. But in 1983, the USFL was up and running. And after the first season, uh, people were like, hey, this is fun. This is entertaining and this is good sports and, and things are good. It definitely looks like the United States Football League is here to stay. Uh, and that was until Donald Trump entered the story and like he always does, ruins everything. This is where things get upset to me. Because I I was gonna save this for the end of chat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying it now, and then at the end of the chat I will go back to it. This is something that happened in America, and I think that this is a story. I say this at the end of most every chat. I'm surprised that most people don't know this story. But the thing is, a lot of what happened in the United States Football League with Donald Trump are things that also happened to the United States of America. And I feel that it was the media's responsibility to tell this story of the United States Football League and how Donald Trump killed it because a lot of what happened to the USFL has happened over the past four years to freaking America. Yeah. Media has a should have said, "Hey, maybe don't elect this guy." Let me tell you the story in the history books of how Donald Trump destroyed the United States Football League because we could have been warned about a lot of stuff. Yes. So okay, so so Donald Trump entered the USFL after the first season, and he lied and cheated and destroyed everything he saw. The same thing that decades later he would also do to uh, America. So this is how it went. Uh, After the first season of the USFL, it was a big hit. And so entered noted con man Donald Trump, who saw the success and said, I can finally use the I can use the United States Football League to finally uh, uh, accomplish my goal of owning an NFL team. So it's the 80s. And for years, Donald Trump has tried and failed to buy an NFL team. Donald Trump in the early 80s, in the very early 80s, he's known as a successful real estate person, but he wants to be known as a celebrity on the front 
mortgages and not just a celebrity in the real estate section. He wants to be a big superstar, and he feels that the only way to do that is by owning an NFL team. So, 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 so he goes to the NFL and he's all, hey, I'm Donald Trump. I'm rich. Let me buy the New York Giants or whatever. I don't care. I'm buying a team. And the NFL is all, no, you're not buying a team, Donald Trump. You're a liar. You're a cheat. You don't pay your bills. You don't pay your taxes. You're going to stiff up. You're going to stiff us for money. You allegedly have mob ties. And most importantly, you're in no way as rich and successful as you are, as you say you are. So no, Donald Trump, we're not going to let you buy an NFL team. This is important because for the last four or five years in the present day, Donald Trump has spent a large portion of time attacking the NFL. And the media just goes, oh, Donald Trump attacking the NFL. Let's hear what he had to say about the NFL. And it's like, dude, you are journalists. Put this shit in context. There's a lot of context here. Donald Trump is saying, oh, the NFL, we should boycott the NFL because black people are kneeling and that is disrespectful to the flag and I'm not watching the NFL anymore. Those people are horrible and you shouldn't watch it either. And it's like fucking media. Put this in perspective. He's saying this because he's had a decades-long rivalry against the nfl because he's being a little baby because they won't let him buy a team that's important context that you as a freaking journalist should tell the american people okay i'm fine this is just a very upsetting story to me yeah no when donald trump is attacking the nfl the media should say like hey there's a long-standing beef here the media should be reporting on that yeah right it's 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 maybe maybe though because there's so much media attention happening there's so many different things like so so many so many so many that uh oh you mean louder yes i'm gonna get quieter no i think maybe because there's so much to cover in the media from this fucktard that uh nobody bothers to stop to do their research well it's upsetting and they should no they should absolutely yeah, like, no, I no, I disagree with that because it's fucking news in, news entertainment now. You know? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. They'll have every show will have a panel of six people to discuss what Donald Trump did that day. Ugh. Yeah. On on all of the twenty four hour news networks. This is why we don't have news anymore. And then the problem is that the news is so desperate to, oh, we need to discuss both sides of the issue. So then Donald Trump says, oh, all Mexicans are liars and rapists and drug dealers. And then the news says, OK, well, we need to cover both sides of this. So let's get some people that uh, that that think that Donald Trump went too far and let's get some people that agree that Mexicans or rapists it's like you don't have to both sides every issue when one of the issue is literal nazi shit yeah mm-hmm. so so okay so it's the 80s it's but, the 70s but when you when you when you're working for profit yes then you've got to consider your advertisers yeah it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous is what it and is your advertisers are fine yeah 
So, so Donald Trump wants to buy an NFL team. The NFL won't let him buy in an NFL team. So Donald Trump, always the con man, he says, okay, well, if the NFL won't let me buy a team, then I'll buy a USFL team and I'll try and figure out a way to use the USFL team that I buy. I'm going to try and figure out some sneaky way to use that to get me to buy an NFL team. So, so after the first season, Donald Trump buys a controlling share in the U in the New Jersey Generals. It's a USFL team, and the guy the guy who owns the team says, "I'll buy you the sh- I'll sell you the shares, Donald, yeah. for nine million dollars." But Donald Trump, always the genius businessman, says, nine million dollars, eh? I'll buy it for ten. <laughs> oh, wow, what a great freaking business move, you freaking idiot. So Donald Trump buys the New Jersey Generals. He, he was known in real estate circles at the time, but he wanted a bigger spotlight. And by being an owner of a USFL team, he essentially tried to buy his way from the real estate section to the gossip section to the front page. And because he wants a spotlight so much, immediately Donald Trump starts making headlines by going out and saying, Yes, uh, now I'm the owner of a USFL team. And let me tell you, the USFL, we will beat the NFL. We will destroy the NFL. I feel sorry for the NFL because the USFL is going to destroy them. Meanwhile, all the other uh, uh, team owners are like, Donald, we're making a lot of really good money here as an alternative to the NFL. We can't win a battle against the NFL don't do this. <laughs> and Donald Trump's like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Cause we're so superior. We're going to destroy the NFL. And he says a quote, he says, we're not looking for a merger. We're looking for a war. Now that last quote is a big tell because Donald yeah. Trump has a tell because we all know now that a lot of Donald Trump's attacks against people are really just him projecting. Like during the election, he was like, oh, the Biden crime family. Yeah. The Biden crime family is so corrupt. Biden's children are just cashing in on his famous name and using it to strike deals. And that's just Donald Trump's confession about himself and his own children. He does this all the time. Donald Trump is currently convinced that Joe Biden cheated in the election. And there's no proof at all that Joe Biden cheated in the election, but Donald Trump is convinced about it because uh, of how much cheating Donald Trump tried to win the election. Mm -hmm. You know, by uh, uh, sabotaging the post office and trying to uh, stop mail-in voting and absentee voting and trying Uh, to, uh, you know, gerrymandering. Flat out telling telling his voters not to vote. Yeah, yeah. So fuck? Yeah, so Donald Trump projects... So Donald Trump says, oh, we're not looking for a merger. We're looking for a war. So Donald Trump's crazy plan was this. Um, they, Eris, don't step on my computer. You have turned off this podcast before, Kat, okay? Do not step on my computer. 
That is, you are not allowed, okay, cat? I love you. Don't step on here. This is daddy's spot, okay? Okay. So Donald Trump's crazy, insane, bizarre plan was, the NFL won't let me own a team, but I do own a USFL team. So we will go up against the NFL and we'll sue the NFL. And when we win in court, the NFL will be in financial jeopardy and they'll merge with the USFL. So I'm not allowed to have an NFL team, but if the NFL merges with the USFL, then I'm a team owner. <laughs> so the second season happens in the summer. That and is, every- but that is, that, let's stop for a moment and recognize yeah. the flat out conniving bullshit that it is over nothing yeah it's literally just a a kid throwing a temper tantrum i want that toy you can't have that toy oh yeah well i'm gonna do this that's what donald trump's doing he's being a baby the way that i always saw celebrities and fame is um a large part of growing up and becoming a responsible adult is being told no. And when you become a celebrity, when you become famous and rich, you stop being told no, so you stop growing. So a lot of the problem with rich people and famous people and actors and child actors is that once they made it, they once they became successful, they stopped growing as people. So Donald Trump has always had money. He's always had butlers. He's always had handlers. He's never been told no. He's basically still a child. Yeah. And this story is him throwing a temper tantrum and destroying an entire football, an entire not just an entire company, but like 18 different sports teams. He destroyed an entire sport. Because someone told him no, and he threw a little temper tantrum, like a little racist baby. So Trump gets so Trump. Uh, the second season happens in the summer. It's really su- successful, and Trump starts starts his plan in motion to get the USFL and the NFL to merge. And he goes, "Hey." The USFL is a success. It's a big success. You know what we need to do. In the USFL, we need to move our season to the fall and go head-to-head against the NFL. That's what we need to do. We're playing in the summer. We need to play in the fall, in the winter. Let's just attack the NFL. Let's just do this. Let's do it in the winter and the fall. We'll run opposite the NFL, and we will win. But the other owners who signed on to the USFL because it was a fun, profitable alternative to the NFL. They didn't want to go opposite the NFL. And they're saying like, uh, uh, Donald, this is insane. We can't go up against the NFL at all. We're making uh, some decent money here uh, in the beginning in the USFL. We can't go up against the NFL. And Donald Trump says, don't worry about it. I have talked with all of the major networks, all of the major TV networks. I have talked with all of the executives, all of the CEOs, all of the presidents of all of the three major television networks. And let me tell you what they said. They, I told them my plan for the USFL to run against the NFL. 
all of the networks are super excited. Yeah. They are all super excited for the USFL to be in the winter. They they all want it so much. There's so much interest. We'll get a TV contract. We'll be successful. All of the networks want us to go against the NFL because the NFL is horrible. Don't worry. We'll run during the summer and we'll we'll run during the fall and the winter against the NFL. We'll get big time contracts and we'll be a huge hit. So the USFL for its third season runs during the winter, uh, during the fall and winter, head to head against the NFL. And guess what? Surprise, surprise, Donald Trump never talked with any freaking networks. <laughs> he never talked with any executives, any presidents, any CEOs. He was just lying out of his ass. Mm-hmm. He was just running the entire league to the ground to further his own small petty grudge. Oh, and here's another here's a here's another uh, 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 bit of the history of the USFL, which could have helped us in America in the present day. So Donald Trump and the New Jersey generals sign Doug Flutie to the team. Now, I don't know goddamn sports, but I know the name Doug Flutie for shit's sake. Yeah. The last football game I saw was uh, um, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> Lace is out. That was the last football game I saw. But I know the name Doug Flutie. That's a big name. And, and yeah, Donald Trump uh, signed big time Heisman Trophy winner Doug Flutie to a huge six-year million deal, which at the time was the largest football contract ever in history. This is the early 80s. $8.3 million is a ridiculous amount for any one person to sign uh, uh, an athlete to. And so the media goes crazy and the media is all like, uh, uh, that is an insane amount of money. You know, it's 1985 uh, you're paying a ridiculous amount for one person. How are you going to pay $8.3 million to Doug Flutie? How in the world are you going to pay for this, Donald okay. Trump? Hold right there. Because that suddenly reminded me of the disaster artist, like exactly. Yeah. Like having to buy his own cameras, both yeah. digital and film. And, and they're in the shop, like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 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 you, you stopped me at like, oh, so it's such an exciting part. So he signs Doug Flutie to an $8.3 million contract, and the media is like, that's really expensive. How are you going to pay for it? And Donald Trump, Donald Trump said, it's all right. The other team owners will help me pay for it. <laughs> oh, does that ring any freaking bells to you, buddy? Yeah. And he sent all of the other team owners throughout the USFL a letter saying that every team 
needs to chip in and pay for Doug Flutie's $8.3 million contract because Doug Flutie's contract is such a big draw that it'll help every team and help all of the USFL. So he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm getting Doug Flutie and the other teams will help me pay for it. So he signs this. So he sends this letter to have all the other teams help him pay for his teammate. And of course, the orders ignore him, just like Mexico with the freaking wall. Uh-huh. So now the USFL is going head to head with the NFL. The USFL had big time TV contracts yeah. in the in the summer, and they, the teams they like, own Monday night. Yeah, the USFL had big time contracts in the summer, and the and the team owners were like, "I don't know if we should move to the fall and winter because the how will we get TV contracts?" And Donald Trump is, of course, "Oh, don't worry, I'm best friends with all of the presidents of all of the networks, and they're all excited. They're all going to be fighting to do the USFL." And of course, they move from the summer to the winter, and there's no freaking TV contracts for the USFL. All of the TV networks are like, "I don't know what Donald Trump told you." but we, we, we're playing the NFL. We don't want to play your USFL at all. They have no contracts at all. Meanwhile, a lot of teams are having financial difficulties because now they have to pay large amounts of money to get uh, players because Donald Trump is just giving away money that he doesn't have to all of these people. Uh, so now they're fighting Donald Trump to get uh, teammates because there's no salary cap at all. So a lot of the other teams are having financial troubles. So Donald Trump goes for his finishing move. He says, don't worry, fellow team owners. We'll take the NFL to court and we'll win. Because if there's one thing that Donald Trump always does, it's win court cases. Okay. So don't worry. When we defeat the NFL, we'll get a huge payment and all of your financial troubles will be over. So the USFL files an antitrust lawsuit in the NFL. And in 1986, before the fourth season, because there's not a lot of money for the fourth season. So the fourth season of the USFL depends on them winning this court case. And they're like, hey, the NFL has a monopoly, a monopoly over football, and we're getting screwed. They're, they kicked us out of stadiums. They are not uh, – they are boycotting us from television. They, they think they own all of football, and it's not fair, and they take them to court. And here's the twist, or as I like to call it, the Shyamalan. Here's yes. the Shyamalan. The USFL – wins in court okay they actually do defeat the nfl in court in 1986 the usfl actually wins and a jury rules that the nfl violated anti-monopoly laws however okay uh, funny do you know what a pyrrhic victory is a what a pyrrhic victory no. Well, let me explain it to you. It's a victory that takes such a devastating toll that it's a victory in name only, but is re in reality more of a defeat. 
In 279 BC, there was a Greek king named Pyrrhus, and he was fighting the Romans. And the Romans in BC, they were freaking huge. And this Greek general is fighting the Romans in this long war, and the, the, the Greeks are just losing all the time and losing all the time, and they're losing all these battles, and they're like, no, we're going to defeat the Romans. We are going to defeat them. Send more men. Send more men. Send more men. So in 279, there was a battle from against the Greeks and the Romans. It was the Battle of Ascalon. And Pyrrhus won. Finally, Pyrrhus beats the Romans. But in winning, he basically killed almost every single solitary troop he owned. Okay. Did King Pyrrhus win the battle? Yes. But also, he has no army now. Yeah. So it ends. So so the Battle of Ascalum ended the war with the Romans, and and that win became by King Pyrrhus became known as a Pyrrhic victory. When you win, technically, but your win is a loss. The USFL won in court and won a settlement. And because this was an antitrust lawsuit, whatever that settlement was got tripled. So. The one dollar the USFL wins in court is tripled to three dollars. Okay. Three whole dollars, Bunny. Yeah. So with no big settlement from their uh, Pyrrhic victory in court, the USFL folded and 100%, without a doubt, unequivocally, the, the United States Football League failed because Donald Trump killed it. And then here's the last crazy, insane part. Later, it is learned. And I'm not kidding. This is insane. Okay. It is later learned that once Donald Trump bought a USFL team, he secretly colluded with the NFL. What? I couldn't... Donald... Okay, so once Donald Trump uh, bought a USFL team, he met with the commissioner of the NFL in secret. And it was Donald Trump's hope that if Trump promised to dis secretly destroy the USFL from within, that the commissioner of the NFL would let him own an NFL team finally. Okay. That but is the fucked up. But the commissioner at the time, Pete Rosell, said, and I quote, as long as I or my heirs are involved in the NFL, you, Donald Trump, will never own a team. So Trump colluded with the NFL just like he did with fucking Russia. Yeah. Uh -huh. And at what point in time is the media to blame for all of Donald Trump, because the entire story of Donald Trump destroying the United States Football League is all what just happened to America. And yeah. now Joe Biden's going to come in. And I know he's not going to immediately solve everything, but like, God damn it, it it's lucky we survived the Donald Trump presidency at all. And all of that, I believe, could have been stopped if at least one reporter during the lead up to, hit, to the election of Donald Trump said, hey, 
maybe we should be talking about what he did to the USFL. Did you know he lied about uh, getting TV contracts? Did you know he tried to get uh, other people to pay for his big, dumb mistake? Did you know, uh, like, all of the suffering and the lies could have been stopped if just one reporter did his goddamn job? It's (laughs) absurd. to me this chap it is upsetting that more people don't know this because people should because it's the story of america yes ah! <laughs> this is ridiculous like i couldn't i couldn't have made this up if i wanted to if i had if this was a fictional story that i wrote people would be like oh oh you need to tone it down yeah, but this is true, and, and more people should know the story of Donald Trump killing the USFL because we just lived it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but this is the media that likes to say he looks or sounds presidential when he passes him off only semi fucking human for a change. Yeah, yeah. He didn't Any- rule. Let's give him points. Anyway, the whole thing just really upsets me. Yeah. The whole thing really upsets me. Uh, so that's Steve's historic approximations for this week. I'm going to try and not be so upset because I, I'm like at a nine is how upset I am about this week's chef. Yeah. Uh, but next week, next week, we will be uh, uh, discussing history. Did you know... Uh, Bunny, you know who played the head alien Eros in Plan 9 from Outer Space, don't you? Oh, yes. Who is that? Would you like me to say it out loud? Yes, I would. The incomparable Dudley Manlove. Uh, no, that was Eros, but like the space commander, the head of all the aliens. Oh, that was Bunny Breckenridge. Yes. Did you know he was related to the youngest vice president in American history? What? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bunny Brackenridge from Plan 9 from Outer Space is the great, great grandchild of the youngest vice president in the history of the United States. Really? Okay. And we will be discussing that story next week on Chef. So be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. And and cut on that. Bunny. Yes. We still have a movie to discuss. Uh, Uh... one of the best movies of 2020, which isn't saying a lot because all the movies of 2020 were shit because 2020 was shit. Yeah, this, this uh, uh, we still have a movie to discuss, but yes, um, before, but before we get to it, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. Skinny Papa Doo Wow and break.
like a fucking teamster. Every time you turn around, he's off on a coffee break. We got a building to put up here. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Let me Sing you a song I will try not to sing out of key Oh baby On the afternoon of March 10th, 2016, an undetermined number of people, oftentimes fluctuating between 2 and 4.5 individuals, were recording a podcast on the internet. Three of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Bunny Williams, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming church organist. Bunny said he had the number one podcast in hell. The man babbled a mad tale, a vaguely Mexican family in the isolated state of Oklahoma, a film podcast that's only indirectly about films, a filthy podcast that somehow prominently featured young children, then Bunny fell into catatonia. Colorado lawmen mounted a five-minute manhunt but could not locate the macabre podcast. No facts, no information, no iTunes account. Officially, on the records, the Pope on film never existed. But over the years, reports of a bizarre grisly podcast have persisted all across the internet. The Pope on film has not stopped. It haunts your Facebook feed. It frightens Twitter. It vaguely jump scares Stitcher. The Pope on film seems to have no end. I like these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it, I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs. People are horrible. The headline is USA and Mexico. Uh, Alright, keep a positive attitude towards this. I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican. And the relative brought up Trump at the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go, baby, build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual in the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. Like, man, they make sure 
put their sights on me first. Like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm gonna get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. Are you a soulless monster stitched together with the bodies of the dead? Were you brought to life by a hideous experiment that was meant to usurp God's authority? Are you damned to roam the earth a soulless monster without a soul? Well then, simply try Chia Soul. Chia Soul. Simply spread the seeds, water them, and in a few weeks you'll have your very own soul. Chia Soul. By the maker of Chia Pubes. We will be right back with more. I think. I mean, I mean, we. I mean, we will, right? I mean, we are going to be back. Are we going? Are we going to be back? This isn't like. Have we been canceled? Is this it? Is this the end? Are we all going to die? No. You know what? You know what? Hey, 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 we'll be back. We'll be back. Just, just trust me. We'll be. We'll. We'll be fine. We'll be back. because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, and they would not do it again so easily. Are you from Mexico? Are you from Mexico?
Say the secret void and you get to come back next week. Have you ever been a nanny? This is my first living job. Well, I hope you know what you're doing. The children are very special, Kate. <laughs> They're thoroughbreds. Geez, your friends must love it here. I have no friends. You have no friends? Yep. Well, you have one now. <laughs> Maybe. How the parents died. Oh. Miles! Nothing should have to suffer. It's not that simple. I don't go in that part of the house. Why not? Don't wanna. Hello? Shouldn't be in here. What happened to your last nanny? Like I'd tell. You need to take charge here, Kate. I know what you're afraid of. Keeping the lights on won't keep you safe. Can you please stop? You're gonna leave me, aren't you? I'm not going anywhere. Promise, promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. <gasps> Miles. Did you see them? I don't want to play anymore. Hey, why are you doing this? Stop now. We're not saying. Stop giving tales. Bad dreams? And we're back, back, back with more of the Pope on film. Act three, money. Act three. Act three. Yes, money, my friend. It is once again time for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to leisurely saunter our way into the third and final act of our alleged film podcast. And it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new extra strength, sugar free, non GMO, perfect for those heavy duty stains movie of the week. And yeah. this week, we discuss one of the most frustrating films of 2020 with a look at the alleged horror film, 
The Turning. Yes. Uh, buddy, did you know that the uh, Netflix show The Haunting of Bly Manor was also based on the same story as this week's movie? Uh, makes sense, which is probably why I'm never going to watch that either. Well, apparently The Haunting of Bly Manor is amazing. I remember in 2020, everybody was talking about it and they were like, oh, have you seen The Haunting of Bly Manor? Oh, I'm going to go back. And and, and they hid ghosts throughout the movie in the background. Oh, I'm going to go back and watch it again so I can see all the different ghosts. And it was like a real popular for a while. And it's so impressive that like here are two big things that came out in 2020 based on the same story and one was a huge hit that everyone loved and one was the turning yes fascinating i i have never liked a version of this story whenever i've gotten tricked into watching it you know yeah 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 yeah. that's a good way to say it like i've seen a few versions this is probably like my third version i've seen of it and yeah. like every time I'm like, oh, now I remember why I hate this story. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw a YouTube video when I was uh, researching uh, this movie. I saw a video and it was uh, the ending of The Turning Explained. And that's when it really hit me that a huge portion of videos on YouTube are Hey guys, how's it going? My name's Zach, and today I will be white mansplaining the Joker. Yeah. Uh So many YouTube videos are just that. Hey, my name is Steve, and this week we're going to be mansplaining episode two of WandaVision. And it's like, okay, uh, you don't need to walk me through this. Yeah. Now, but as it, a complete aside, something I, I kept meaning to bring up for the past couple of weeks, actually. Ooh, okay. Uh, but it was, I found this YouTube video, like a documentary, about an hour and a half, on um, horror comics. Ooh, okay. And I would almost recommend it. I'm a big time EC fan. But there is... And it's really just a guy showing pictures, talking about comic books, you know? Yeah. But I love those comic books, so I was fascinated. When I was little... He had this annoying habit. I don't know what you could say about it. Where he would be like... "Mm, Oh, it's a good... Some of the artists in the horror comic field are and he would start listing Mm. but like he doesn't stop yeah (laughs) he keeps listing people i i would not be surprised if in one of his lists he listed a hundred people he will list so many people that you have forgotten why he's listing people hmm and then he would finish with, and many more, to which I'm always like, fuck that. Bull fucking shit, many more. You have just listed everybody. Everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah. Huh. So for well, that enraging part, I cannot recommend it. That's funny. When when I was little, my, my mom used to take me to the discount movie theater uh, in Valley West Mall, and it was a really rundown mall in Phoenix, Arizona. And it had they had a, a dollar movie theater, but on Tuesdays it was 50 cent day. And every minority from miles and miles away would pack Valley West Mall to get 50 cent movie tickets on Tuesdays. Okay. We would get there like and we would get there like before the mall even opened, there'd be like a line of people. Yeah. To get fifty cent tickets to the movies because movie showings would sell out like crazy, and so we get there right when it opened, right when the mall opened, and we get our fifty cent tickets. And while we waited for the actual showing, we would just walk the mall, and there was a Walden books there, and my mom would say, "Okay, you can buy one comic book, and that's it." So she would give me money for one comic book a week, and I would always get the newest Spider Man, the newest Avengers. But eventually, they started carrying. Uh, reprints of the old Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Terror and all of that sort of stuff and then yeah. some crime suspense stories and, and all of those like bloody EC comics and they were reprinting them and and my mom would give me the money and it was basically here's the money you can buy whatever comic book you want I'm not going to check it or give a shit so I'm like six and yeah. I'm buying these like bloody graphic comic books. I was basically doing what all parents were pissed off that their kids were doing when the comic books came out. Yeah. Except I was doing it in the eighties. And so I like, I hated horror movies, but I loved me my horror comic books. Yeah. And I would just love them to death. And, and, and I was just blown away by them. I, I love them. I still got a bunch of them. I, oh, I, I, I love them too. And and how far they would go. Yeah. 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 In, in the gore in particular. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so like I could just stay here and talk about EC comics for the rest of the podcast because I don't want to talk about the turning because that's how much this movie sucks. Yes. So let me try and focus this. I feel like when when I see the, the trailer that you played in the beginning, I feel like the turning is a classic Hollywood bait and switch. Yeah. Kind of like the same feeling I got when I saw previews for Tim Burton, Sweeney Todd, and it's like, I know it's a musical. Yeah. But if I didn't know it was a musical and I saw this preview, I wouldn't know you're making a fucking musical, Tim Burton. And sure enough, people would go and see Johnny Depp's new movie, Sweeney Todd, and get to the theater and be like, is this a fucking musical? <laughs> I didn't know this was a musical. 
I am freaking shocked over here. And the previews are like, ooh, uh, a gothic horror film set in an old mansion with ghosts and terror and frightening and oh, and then you see the movie and it's like, oh, it's a 90s woman going crazy. Hooray! Yeah. Exactly what I paid to see. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I said this at the tail end of last week's podcast, but I'll say it again. I've never heard so many people cuss in a movie theater. Yeah, for that ending. As I did when I saw this film in theaters on opening weekend, and the film credits start start rolling, and everyone in the theater is like, fucking, fucking, is that the fucking end? Are you fucking serious? So many fuckings, I might as well have been bowling with the dude in Los Angeles is the <laughs> level of F words that were flying during discussions of the turning in the theater. This is a deeply frustrating film. Yes. And one that has no real answers. Bunny, what are your initial thoughts about this film? They should... <clears throat> They should have set aside some money in the budget for lighting. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's the first thing that would have helped if we could have seen this fucking movie. OK, yeah, this is one of those films where it's like where I would have hated watching this in a drive in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then from there, it's. The turn of the screw, and I, I always hate it, and it's roughly the same, uh, a bit more contemporary. I mean, it's just one of those classic pieces that get reinterpreted yeah. over and over again. Well, I don't know why, because it sucks. Well, I want to um, go back to that. I want to go I back think, to that. But I think this movie... Or the needful kid thing kid fill an important void that has been throughout entertainment for the past couple of decades at least. He fills the Marjo Gortner shaped hole that we've all had in our hearts. Yeah, that okay. is what I'm. That is what I'm seeing for him. I personally think the the movie would have been a lot more entertaining if you cast Dustin instead. Yeah, yeah. I think the kids are the only thing that I like about the movie. I yeah. thought the I thought the mini. Uh, Danny Saxbang from Game Grumps. I think he did great. The little girl does good. I think she's really charming. It's just everything that's not those two kids I don't like about this movie. Yeah. You know? And I wanted to go back to the thing that you said about the about they should have uh, lit the film. They should have put money in the in the should have used the budget on lighting the movie. Um, well, originally this film was announced as yes it, the rumors are true i steven spielberg am returning to horror 
That's right. I'm doing a modern day retelling of the turn of the screw. Is this I'm a going... Spielberg movie? No, it's not. And oh, okay. that's the point. Steven Spielberg said, I'm doing the turn of the screw, modern day retelling. Maybe get one of the kids from It and Stranger Things. It's all hot right now. It's going to be scary and people are going to love it. It's going to be a ghost story and I'm going to be working on it and the studio is paying me big bucks and I'm working on it right now when we're in pre-production. We're getting really far and we have locations and we have a cast and it's a big deal and we're really close. We're just finalizing the script and Steven Spielberg got the script and said, Okay, this is shit. This is not what I envisioned. Yeah. I'm out! And so Spielberg left the project, but at that point in time, they had already put $5 million into what Steven Spielberg was doing. And they're like, shit. We have yeah. a small amount left that Steven Spielberg didn't walk away with. Now we need to make this film with the small amount of money we have left. and that's what this movie is so i think a lot of the problems with this movie would have been fixed if spielberg had not walked away with five million dollars of the 14 million dollar budget yeah so the film was 14 million dollars budgeted spielberg walked away with five of it now they've got to make this movie for under 10 million dollars yeah, and like they could have had more money and made a better movie if Spielberg hadn't have dished. But, but what I think that we should get on right now before somebody else realizes it and cast this Stranger Kids. What's his name? He's Dustin. Got a, what? No, not Dustin? Dustin. The one who was actually in the movie. Oh, I don't remember his name, but um, Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Right. I, I know his name only because he's been in a couple of episodes of Game Grumps. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Danny from Game Grumps, he has a band called Ninja Sex Party. And Ninja Sex Party has a song where old modern day Danny is singing a ballad to comfort young kid Danny. And in the video, young kid Danny is played by Finn Wolfhard. Okay. So I only know his name because that's how obsessed I am with Game Grumps at the moment. Okay. But yes, Wolfhard is in this. I saw but, this movie because a young Danny sex bang was in the movie. But we get him and we start working to the remake for Star Crash. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. You totally do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah. How is his singing voice? He could be Pippin, too. Pippin also had that crazy hair. The Greatest American Hero. That was a wonderful show. I was telling <laughs> Maxwell about it the other day. I was telling Maxwell the ridiculous premise of, like, aliens come and give you a super suit with all of these powers, and here are the instructions, and he loses the fucking instructions. And that's the plot of this weird-ass TV show that I loved as a kid. Yeah, I loved that. They're bringing all this shit back from forever ago. I I still to this day cannot hear the word scenario without giggling. 
Yeah, shit. You got to bring back greatest American hero. Give it to give it to Kevin Hart. Give it to freaking I don't know. Give it to any comedian. I would pay good money Kevin for Kevin Hart would be interesting. Yeah, I you can give it to Jim Carrey. You can give it to Jack Black. You can give it to what's his name from uh, the Lonely Island uh, pop star. He would be great in that. Just anybody. That's such a good premise. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've said I've said this before on the podcast about sure about different movies but the best thing about the turning is that it's an hour and a half yeah i've seen horrible movies that are three hours long yes well at least this one is nice and short and 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 doesn't take up most of your time yet it felt three hours it absolutely did bunny do you want to hit us with a bit i do i i am kind of proud uh, in the performance, Wolfgang von Colt or whatever, Finn, Mc- Finn Wolfhard, Wolfhard, that he did. Because uh, damn, I didn't like him. Oh yeah, you just you know what I mean, and that's such a big turn from Stranger Things. So props to him as an actor, but fuck you and your character. Yeah, yeah. He he's a good actor. He's a good actor. I do not like the scene where he's killing a koi fish. Yeah. Like good for him. He does good. The the two kids and the only thing I like about this film. Bunny, do you want to hit us with a little bit of the plot? As much as it is. A it's a new difficult. nanny is hired to a mansion home to take care of these two kids uh 16 and 9 something like that yeah yeah okay uh who are privileged little bratty white kids yes very much so Basically. And she tries to teach them, and the music tells you that it's creepy for a really, really long time before anything even remotely creepy happens. Hey, Kurt Cobain just died. This is set in the 90s. Can you tell it's set in the 90s? Kurt Cobain just died. <laughs> Uh, and and things get mildly weird, but basically everybody just has a shit attitude towards each other. Yeah, this is a PG thirteen movie. This was yeah. not an R rated film at all. So I it's mean, like spooky, but it's not scary. It's not gory. It's not that frightening. It's just spooky. And it's all kind of dismissible. Like, you know, did she see it? Didn't she see it? Who fucking cares, really? Yeah. Because most of the movie is, is about people just being kind of shitty to each other. Yeah. And having attitudes. And there's sort of a twist at the end, I guess. 
Uh, well, I don't, I don't think we know if it was actually a twist. Um, okay, well, let's get, let's get to the bottom of that. Let's get to the bottom of that. Okay, so first off, I, I think I've figured out the reason why this film is the way that it is. This film was directed by a former music video director. Okay. Whose name is... Floria Sigismondi. And apparently in the 90s and in the zeros, uh, Floria Sigismondi was a huge time music video director. She directed videos for Marilyn Manson, Christina Aguilera, David Bowie, Cheryl Crow, and The White Stripes, but I, not a video I remember. So it wasn't one of the good videos. But she was a, or he, I don't know, Floria Sigismondi's gender. They were a big time director. And then in the late 2000s, Floria Sigismondi started directing TV shows. Uh, Floria directed episodes of Daredevil and American Gods and The Handmaid's Tale before turning to feature films with this movie. And I think that a large portion of this film can be explained in that way because this is a film that is uh, very pretty, but also there's nothing to it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like cotton candy. It's pretty and it looks really big, but pour water on it and you learn that there's nothing of substance inside. Yeah. Like a music video. This is a music video. It's really pretty and it's really nice, but... It, so I, basically, basically... From from there, nanny taking care of two kids. The only thing that the story itself does not escalate much from there. Only the attitudes escalate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now he's beating his drums really aggressively. <laughs> oh, the loud drum playing scene. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, destined to live on in in the history of cinema. Yeah, yeah, one of the drummiest scenes in horror. Yeah, you're the nanny straightening them out and making decent people out of them. Is kind of part of your job. Have you not watched Mary Poppins? Yeah. So there's this ambiguous ending to the film. Where you you could either think that yeah I guess you could uh, see the ending as being oh there are ghosts and they're tormenting this woman, or you could see the ending as yes yeah, she's going crazy like her mom. Yeah. Because you see this whole ending and a ghost and they're terrorizing her and she escapes with the kids and then suddenly it flashes back to halfway into the film and you yeah. realize that all of that was just inside of a painting and... Uh, you know, it, the ending is so frustrating. You're, it's like you're watching a movie and then suddenly you hit a brick wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They, this end. This movie ends so freaking abruptly. This movie gives you whiplash. 
But yes, I mean, and I was actually looking quite forward to it ending. So when they drove through the gates, I was done. I was, I was ready. And then, and then we're looking at the envelope again. And then it pans out so far that it pans out into a painting she was looking at like a half hour ago. Yeah. And I hate movies where it's like, it's like, oh, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Oh, it was a dream or it, it was in her head. It was an imagination yeah. or it happened or, you know, so many movies have that. I always feel that that's kind of a cop out. Yeah. And that if you just ended with, if you had just ended with them escaping, then I would have said, oh, okay, that movie was all right. But, but the way that you just, like, it, 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 the ending erases, like, the last half hour of the film. Yeah. So, so, so this movie is based on, this movie, like a number of other movies and TV shows and yada, 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 is based on a story that author Henry James wrote in 1898 called The Turn of the Screw. And so I researched it, and at first, it's like, hi, I'm Henry James. I wrote this novella. It's yeah. called The Turn of the Screw. You should read it. I think you'll like it. And people in 1898 are like, hey, this is a good ghost story. It is a standard ghost story. These yeah. ghosts are hunting a governess. This is a good ghost story, and I like this ghost story. And then in the 1930s, people are like, wait, maybe it's not a ghost story because it could all be in this woman's head and then apparently in the 70s finally there was a consensus henry james wrote this specifically ambiguously so this director floria sigismondi was like then i'm going to give it an ambiguous ending was it ghosts? Was it in your head? You'll never know. But again, it goes back to the whole bait and switch aspect of it because you see this preview, you see the advertising for this, and people go into a theater and pay money expecting to see a horror movie with a goddamn kid from Stranger Things. No one went into the film and said, I sure do hope this is true to the spirit of Henry James' original 1890 novella, and the film script maintains the ambiguous ending of the book in which the film is based. (laughs) Like, fucking... You make a horror film except for the last ten minutes in which you go, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, so what the fuck was I watching this whole time? Hollywood, at this point, it should be clear exactly how dumbed down we have become. So this and Little Women, it's not really going to work for us. Throw some zombies in or maybe some vampires. Juice it up a bit and get back to us. Yeah. Tie it into the Marvel Universe somehow. (laughs) I, Which DC could that. do with Sandman. Well, maybe yeah. not this, but he could. They could tie in a lot of Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, the film cost fourteen million dollars to make, and in order for a movie to be successful, it has to at least earn 
uh, twice its budget back. And the movie only made about 15 or $16 million at the box office. So it was a big bomb. And not only that, but the film has a three out of 10 on IMDb and a very depressing 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm pretty sure Floria Sigismondi isn't the next big thing. <laughs> as far as directing goes. But then also, I feel like uh, Spielberg could have turned this shit around. Yeah. Did Spielberg say no because he read the script and said, oh, this ending is shit. I'm not touching this. Yeah. Or, or could Spielberg have said, hey, look at this script. I can work on it. I can turn this into a good film. I feel that if Spielberg had directed this, he could have turned shit around and made this into a good movie. But as yeah. it is, the film is shit. Yeah, this but film, when, you, when you're Spielberg, you don't have to battle with a weak script anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You could have just, like, you're Spielberg. Just redo the script. You would have been fine. Get some people no, bring you saw the script. script. I'm out. So, scripts like, are like the fucking. Do you have any idea how little, comparatively, screenwriters make? You know, like your top screenwriter yeah. might make a hundred grand a year. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's good money, but like it's not the kind of money you would think for a Hollywood fucking screenwriter. You know, yeah. John, John August, who's done a lot of the Tim Burton movies. He he gets about a hundred thousand dollars a picture. Wow! For a Tim fucking Burton movie. You yeah. Know? I mean, sometimes Jeez. you get a big score. You know, Akiva Goldsmith got a huge score with uh, Tom Hanks, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci yeah. Code, you got something like six million to write that fucking script for some weird ass reason. Wow. But, but those anyway, are few and far between. This was a major yeah. sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Uh, this whole movie is a major sidetrack. Yeah. It's boring yeah. shit. Don't watch it. Yeah. It's, just, it's not even a good, bad movie. It, it's a bad, bad movie. Maybe if you have a strange fetish where everybody's pissy to each other all the time maybe then it's a good movie i don't know yeah not, 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 not me there was a bit of trivia on imdb where the woman who played kate she had three relatives who have also starred in uh movie versions of the turn of the screw and i was gonna talk about that and break those down but i decided against it at the last second because that would be too much effort to put into a piece of shit film yeah yeah i'm just gonna say don't watch it just don't watch it yeah you you have a life you have things to get to like yeah. like so. you know it's like Billy Wilder always said, just don't be boring. And this broke Billy Wilder's rule. It was intensely fucking boring. Yeah. So that's so that's it for this week's film, The Turning. It's it's pretty shit. Not even shit in a good way. It's just And shit. really, I, frankly, I blame the music mostly. The music that kept telling you something creepy was going on yeah. when it wasn't. 
So like like you're waiting. The music's telling you something really creepy is going on. Yeah. And nothing's happening. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but apparently according to the Turnings Wikipedia page, there is a soundtrack to this that is just filled with the 90s music that you hear for a little bit throughout the film. And uh, so music by like Courtney Love and, and like 90s alternative bands. And apparently the soundtrack is a million times better than the shitty movie that we had to see. So... <laughs> Uh, hey, the turning soundtrack is apparently a banger, but not the film. So, Bunny, I have the next four weeks planned. Uh-oh. It's a it's a concept, and it's weird. But hey, WandaVision is now out and people are going nuts on it. So we are spending four weeks watching Marvel movies. Okay. So next week, we are watching one of the biggest superhero movies of all time, Captain America. Okay. Featuring Ned Beatty himself. Oh, fe- oh, featuring. Oh, I thought you said starring for a second. No, featuring. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> featuring. No, we're watching the 90s, Cap- the 1990 Captain America. With Rebel, what's his name? Yes. Oh, and God. then after that, we're watching the Spider-Man trilogy. The Spider-Man trilogy? Yeah, we're watching the Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. Because in the 70s, it was commonplace to do a pilot that was an hour and a half long and you ran it as a TV movie. And if the TV movie was a success, hey, we're making it into a TV show. But if it's not a success, hey, we'll ship it off to Europe and tell them it's a film. So the pilot for the 1970s TV show Spider-Man aired all over the planet as a film oh my god no and it was such a hit that they got two episodes of the tv show and then made that into a sequel (laughs) across the globe everywhere that was in america they even did that with a third film spider-man the dragon connection two ninja episodes of spider-man and they released that and germany's all like oh i can't believe we get that third spider-man film but in america it was just a tv show no one gave a shit about (laughs) but in like denmark they're like oh i can't believe we're getting a second spider-man movie oh my god it was horrible i yeah 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 well i see it when it came out yeah well now we're spending three weeks watching it so buckle up buttercup this is gonna dig up some trauma (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be great it's going to be great hey here's something to cheer you up the guy who plays Peter Parker uh, directed an episode of Lancer starring Rick Dalton never a, ever turn around never ever should the, ha- should the actor that you hire for Peter Parker 
be the tallest guy in the room. <laughs> the fuck? Hi, I'm Peter Parker. I'm a 42 year old. Yeah. I'm a six foot five, 42 year old man. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be fun. We're spending four weeks uh, watching some very forgotten Marvel films starting next week with the 1990 film Captain America, which as a child, I remember not being that bad, but also being shit. <laughs> we will we will see. Childhood has tricked me before. Yeah, yeah. I remember 1990 Spider-Man not being that bad. I, I, 1990 Captain America not being that bad. I haven't seen the Spider-Man TV show since I would rent episodes on beta. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched those Spider-Mans, but uh, the Captain America movie is already on our shared cough, cough, and it's waiting there for you. I'm excited. And also, uh, the Shap is very loosely uh, related to the Captain America movie in a very strange way. Okay. So we're going for a theme. Hey, yeah. let's celebrate the release of WandaVision with a look at some really shitty Marvel shit. Okay. That's next I'm week. Down. I'm down. We yeah. could do that. Yeah, that starts next week, and I'm excited about next week. But now that I look back at this week. I, I like the Corman Fantastic Four. I like that one, too. And I remember as a, you know, growing up in like seventh or eighth grade, like liking that shitty nineteen ninety Captain America movie, so so that would be interesting. But now or if that we I'm got like, into some some stupid Lou Ferrigno Hulk crossovers, yeah, yeah. Oh man, like I know we're going to be watching the Spider Man TV show, and that's going to be painful. But I was going to do some of those shitty Hulk TV movies, and I feel that <laughs> that would be worse. Yeah. I felt that that would be worse. Like when Daredevil is just like a all black ninja suit. Yeah. Uh huh. Like those weird Hulk films. Yeah. But and Thor both... had a lot more feathers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, Donald Trump leaving, uh, the Lone Rangers, a cannibal, the United States Football League, Floria Sigmondi. Pyrrhic victories. I gotta say, I think that this has been a good, a very good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes. I feel like you're the one who makes that distinction, not me, and I didn't want to. But yes, I, I concur with your assessment, good sir. I will go far as far to say is that this is probably the best damn podcast you can find during the, the during the collapse of a democracy. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, 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 I double concur. Yes. A rare double concurrence. <laughs> Whoa. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Maxwell and Eleanor and Jaden and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Hey, you just ruffles and poopy tits. And you ease.
And you ease? And it's ease. Huh? It's, it's, it's a meme. Okay, thank you for explaining memes to your old man. Oh, oh, I'm so old. Oh, get me my walker. Do 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 Cut and print. Okay, Lucius. Cut and print. And that's a wrap.